And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Smoke and Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokeandTobacco.com. And uh, Nicole decided to skip out on us tonight. So it's just going to be me and my good man, Mr. John Carney, finally making it back to the show after a couple of weeks on the road. John Carney, how are you? Good evening. I'm glad to be back. It's been a while. I think the last time I was on was Toscano night. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was a fun night. We and had a good time. Yeah, it really was. I, I smoked. Uh, it rained, of course. Uh, tonight, there's no rain in the forecast, fortunately. Um, it's just sunshine. But I smoked a half of a Garibaldi today. Oh, um, nice. On my way to the to the gym. I'm actually burning a few vacation days uh, this next couple of weeks. I don't take a lot of vacation. And I my vacation resets in June. So I had like two weeks worth of random vacation days to take. So I've got a few days where I'm just kind of working from home, taking it easy. So I got the, uh, you know, got the Captain America shirt on, special Crocs, sunglasses. So we're kind of in like vacation mode today. <laughs> I didn't know that you had to have the Crocs on to be on vacation. I thought you wore those all the time. So I did, I just thought those I were do. <laughs> both duty. <laughs> I I do, but I have special. I have special Crocs on. So, when, so special. you like you know how like the dad there's like those dads out there you know the the wall the all white New Balance dads, you know how <clears> they yeah. have like the the going out New Balance and then the yard New Balance. You telling me you have like a you yeah. have like a yard American Crocs and then you have like your going out American flag Crocs. Well, the, my <laughs> my indoor Crocs vacation Crocs right now are these uh, exclusive 60th uh, anniversary. I don't think it's 60. I think it's the 50th anniversary of Magic Kingdom Disney World Crocs with monorail charm. And uh, so these are the ones I've been wearing around. So, yeah, they're pretty nice. So I got those babies on and uh, we're having a good time. Well, I, I'm glad to see you look You look refreshed. You look you look good. I, I, I know that you miss being out on the road. You used to travel, what, 275 days a year or something like that? Um, mm. So I know you like being on the road a little bit, even though you're a dad now and I'm sure you, you like being at home more, but being on the road's fun. You had a couple of events. Hack, the uh, Hacking Gourmet um, Gourmet Smoke Session Season 2 has begun for De Mundo. Um, yep. You were down at um, – I'm sorry. You were I had down two. At, I was up first. Yeah. I was up at Syracuse, New York at Rockies. Uh, cigars up there. We celebrated their 37th anniversary last Tuesday, and then last Thursday – I was at Anstead's, and we celebrated the retirement of Wayne Anstead, the owner there. So I served 225 people last week. Uh, wow. A really great menu and, and La Florida Minicana cigars, and we had a great time. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Um, but it was kind of like getting thrown back into the fire because it, it had been seven months since I'd done any travel like that on top of – launching the gourmet smoke sessions at the same time uh so it was really kind of getting thrown back into the wolves and then on top of it um a week and a half before i did those events i, I had covid <laughs> so i i wasn't bad but it definitely you know it was sick it took took a lot out of you so I've, I've been really exhausted the last few weeks i've just kind of been running on uh at a low level of fuel, so I'm just slowly coming back. So it was fortunate that I was alerted that I was about to lose some vacation time, and I, you know, I had some availability here, so it's been a good break. Uh, but it was a really good start to the gourmet smoke sessions. I've got some packs that are actually coming up to you guys, um, and we'll smoke them on the show in the next few weeks because we got more sessions coming up. But it was great to get started, and this year's uh, concept is really so much more culinary focused. 
the cigars are all paired with the dishes that are that, that are prepared during the evening. Um, there's not as many live broadcasts, uh, so the in-person side of it's going to be great. We're going to still be doing probably eight to ten live broadcasts overall, uh, but those will be going on in different times. We're not going to be broadcasting live from the events. There's just too much going on with a, with a one-man show. Uh, right. But uh, the culinary side of it's awesome. The, the increase in uh, the not the increase the you know really the the leveling up of the food uh, that we did has been huge. So it's a really fun experience. But but the other thing I'm gonna, I was going to ask you. Well, well so you go ahead. Well, you I was ahead, one more, the, sorry. There's well, there's one more thing I wanted to highlight just because I I thought it was worth mentioning before we move forward in terms of what you've been up to. You also. Last weekend, we're down at Cigar Aficionado's Whiskey Fest oh, Meets God. Big Smoke. Tell us yeah, about yeah. that experience. Dude, I was on, in the last 14 days, I had like 13 flights or something. That was crazy. Um, the, the Cigar Aficionado Big Smoke, uh, it was Big Smoke Meets Whiskey Fest. Uh, it's at the Seminole Hard Rock Casino, which is excellent venue, by the way. That's the guitar-shaped um, one, right? Yeah, it's the Guitar yeah. Hotel. I mean, it's in their, their meeting space there, the conference center. Super great venue. Um, the the event's great. It's a fun time. Um, they, there's tons of whiskeys. They had wine vendors there. The food's uh, incredible. Uh, it, it was a really great time, and that was at the end of my week. So it was really, you know, I had event Tuesday, event Thursday, event Saturday. So it was one day in between each event. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say negative in, uh, you know, I have a good relationship with Cigar Aficionado. We as a company have a good relationship with them. Uh, but nobody's, uh, you know, immune to some criticism. Man, it was a really bad weekend, Memorial Day weekend, to have an event uh, of that size. Uh, it's hard to yeah. justify, I think, to your family, um, you know, your significant others. Hey, I'm going to go down to Miami and go to this event. Or, hey, babe, um, or, you know, hey, husband, or whatever it is, uh, you know, with it's a really tough weekend, and it was there was over a thousand people there, um, but I I know that in the past it's been almost two thousand uh, people that they had in those events in the past prior to COVID. Um, so it was light, uh, I, I think, for expectations. Um, and I think they were aware of it because it was brought up quite a bit because it was Memorial Day weekend, and everybody brought it up. Uh, what I think they were trying to do was get back on a regular schedule of when they do those events obviously the pandemic really screwed things up um and then after the pandemic kind of slowed down and we started doing things in person there were restrictions in casinos dates times what you could do have to be vaccinated not vaccinated whatever your opinion is these private businesses had restrictions so i think they picked this weekend because they want to get back on a normal schedule of having it in april uh, because the last one they had in 2021 was in October. So if you have it in April, it's like four or five months later, right? Um, so it's really close. So they wanted to give an extra month. And I don't know what was available for weeks. But I was told they're going to get back on a normal schedule, the Vegas one in November, and then the, the South Florida one in, uh, in, in April, which would be good because it was, man. It was, it was, it was a great time, really well done. Uh, but it was definitely light uh, than what it had been in the past. Still a big success. But uh, – it was a really crappy weekend to have a cigar event, and the holiday weekends are not, not ideal. But the casino was hopping. And on I mean, top of that, everyone there. was going out to see Top Gun. I mean, that's what Nicole and I did Friday night. Yeah, so you got Memorial Day weekend. You had Top Gun came out. You had Stranger Things came out. You had Obi-Wan Kenobi that came out. Oh, yeah, You had Memorial true. Day weekend. 
So you, you add, I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on. Then you've got barbecues and you got just a long weekend where maybe people want to stay at home. There was just a lot of reasons not to go out and do a cigar function. Um, like I said, it was still really well attended, you know, a thousand people, a lot of people would hope for that, but, uh, you know, in just a raw, honest opinion, it was much lighter than it had been in the past. And, uh, but I think that will, uh, here comes the improve train. next year. He's going to mute for a second. Oh, maybe I had so much to say. <laughs> Gets cut off. He mutes himself. So the train can go by. So our listeners at home don't have to listen to this damn train. <laughs> nobody, nobody appreciates the train more than the listeners. Cause it shuts me up. Yeah. The, uh, You've been accused of talking too much on podcasts yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't really care, but you know, they may, they may enjoy it, but, uh, I, I think the event's really well done and well put together. Um, they've made tons of improvements over the years. It's a really good event, so I, I don't see it being attended that way as long as they get a better weekend. I think they'll be back up to, you know, 1,500, 2,000 people easy because I highly recommend it, man. Bang for the buck. If you're looking for a great cigar weekend in a in a crazy venue, that venue down there in Hollywood, the Seminole Hard Rock uh, Guitar Hotel, man, it's like going to Vegas. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. We we took some clients out after uh, to a caviar dinner. We did a like we did this caviar bar. It was, I mean, it was awesome, man. It's just the place is beautiful. They're actually they're, uh, they're and, in they're in talks to build one of those in Las Vegas. So apparently, they Hard are. Rock, they Hard are. Rock has purchased the Mirage, and mm-hmm. uh, I, mean, I, I I keep I keep tabs on on Las Vegas a lot personally, because um, I have a lot of personal ties there. But um, the so. The Mirage has been sold to Hard Rock, and from what I understand, they're not actually going to close the existing resort. I think they're going to incorporate it into yep. um, making it a new Hard Rock resort, and they're also going to build that guitar hotel there as well. Yeah, and they're going to – I, I had, a, had a conversation with several people um, that, that are involved in it, and the, the fun – it's all set up and ready to go. They're just ready to – like – they're going to start this construction soon and they're going to, yeah, they're going to incorporate the guitar into the hotel. They're going to change the restaurants and things inside cigar bars. Uh, they're going to rebrand a lot of things, but yeah, they're not, they're not getting rid of the property. They're going to incorporate into it. Um, and it's going to be awesome, man. I know some of the restaurants that are going to be going in there and they're, they're in that incredible. Um, there's going to be a cigar place and I know where and how that's going to be done. So are they going to replace the rum bar? Um, so it's, it's going to be special. Because Mirage is, I don't the, know if they're the going to actually is. replace that rum bar, and I, yeah, and I don't know. I, I mean, I would highly doubt it doesn't get replaced because there's going to be some serious construction there. But I think they're going to replace it with something that's you know substantially, you know, substantial improvement, substantial or equivalent. an alternative. So, yeah, yeah, substantially equivalent to it. But uh, <laughs> no, it should be excellent. But uh, but yeah, man, that's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it, and, and uh, that's going to be great because because that'll be another. Another spot. That's where they do the big smoke in Vegas. But uh, question: I want to actually. I kind of want to tick you off. Uh, so I want to ask you what you're smoking first, and I want then I want you to ask me. Yeah, uh, you had texted me something about this before we started when I was trying to scramble to to, to figure out the camera issue. Uh, and I think you said, "Don't worry, you're gonna forget all about this." When you find out what I'm smoking, so I, my mind can only just—I can only imagine what it must be. <coughs> I am smoking. Actually, hold on. I have to do all the producing tonight. Um, cigars of the night, brought to you by TwoGuysCigars.com. Tonight, I am smoking the Lafleur Dominicana Airbender Ch- uh, Airbender Chisel. 
fantastic nice. cigar, uh, which you uh, I don't I don't believe two guys cigars.com carry no, a cigar. No, they, they don't. But if you but if you want them and you want to buy them from two guys, all you got to do is ask him, and I promise you that the first thing tomorrow morning, two guys will call me up and get you Airbender chisels. And in addition to the Airbenders, you can you can find La Flor Dominicana at twoguyscigars.com. Um, there is still a wide variety of other La Flor Dominicana, which if you're not smoking La Flor Dominicana, you're missing out um, because John Carney, John Carney you know, wouldn't represent a brand that, that was a stinker. So, I mean, it's, it's all you need to know right there. Uh, if you head over to the number two, guyscigars.com. All right, John, what is this big mystery cigar that you're smoking? I'm smoking the Golden Bull. Oh, fuck you, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> now, question, though, how many have you already had? <laughs> uh, probably, like, probably like 10 or 15. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so I opened up my humidor, and I was like, I'm like, Matt's having a little bit of a challenge getting you know, some, some technical stuff. And I go, uh, I go, I got to grab something to smoke. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to smoke one of the NFT cigars to piss him off. That's nice. That's nice. And I'm using, I'm using my uh, Andalusian Bull Ashtray. Mine's actually I've got right over my there. Gold, yeah, I got my gold ST DuPont lighter. And uh, I did cut with my limited edition um, Arturo Fuente limited edition uh, cutter. Number 73, so, if I remember correctly. I'm 67. Oh, 67. Oh, damn. I knew yeah, it was 67. Knew it was close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm 67. <clears throat> so, uh, so yeah. So I cut it with that. I'm going to light it up. And, uh, yeah, Golden Bull. Boom. Look at that. I just wanted to return. I just wanted to return in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in like a way. real blaze of glory. Yeah, John came back to the show and he smoked a cigar. That is very highly anticipated that literally does not exist on the market yet because it's not available yet. So, oh, look at that. He's having some lighter trouble. That's called irony. You try to flex with your fancy cigar and you can't even light it. This is what happens, you know. Oh, well, so much for the perfect return with the Golden Bull. He'll struggle to find some cheap lighter. And he'll, uh... Ellie Blue. Ellie Blue, yeah. And I'm surprised because John's historically known as a DG lighter kind of guy. And now he's over there with all these fancy... He's got a DuPont, he's got an Ellie Blue... Yeah, see, there it is. <laughs> Very patriotic, no surprise. Um, but no, that's awesome. Um, those will. I also be... don't cut. Well, I'm saying I also don't usually cut my cigars. So that's true too. I... I forgot about that. You're not yeah. a cutter. You're more of a like a, a nail scraper. Um, so I'm being super pretentious tonight. Do you have any update on when those actually are going to be released? I do actually. Um... Because I know before so, we announced it, it was it was coming, but there was no there was no timeline yet. So yeah, I so I knew I've known we were going to do this for quite some time. Um, we've been talking about it for over a year, well over a year. Um, so I've been aware of it, but and I and I knew what the cigar was going to be and the concept, but I didn't know any of the logistics uh, behind the scenes of how it was going to get set up, the auction site, things like that. Um, so when we announced it, I was learning a lot of those things besides what the product was and the concept was and how it was going to work on that side once somebody had the NFT. Um, besides that side of it, I didn't, I didn't really know anything else on the other side. So everything else there at the time, I was learning at the same time everybody else was. So the auction is going to take place in <coughs> pardon me, mid-July. 
Um, my uh, my understanding is it's going to take place after the PCA show at some point in time. So it'll be that sec that second half of July. Okay. And the auction, uh, we'll actually have an auction drop page that will be launching in about the next, uh, I think, 10 to 15 days. Uh, so roughly two weeks uh, will be a drop site for the auction, uh, which will have more details on on the auction time frame, when the auction will be happening, how to get signed up, how to get into it. Uh, but I can give some information on it. So the uh, most of these NFTs are bought through cryptocurrencies because that's the safest way to do it, obviously, because that protects the transaction through the blockchain. Um, if you don't know what the blockchain is, go on and look it up. I'm not here to explain the blockchain tonight. But you, the auction will take place with either Bitcoin or Ethereum, uh, which are the two most uh, protected and secure so those, um, sorry, no, cryptocurrencies. So those are going to be the just to make this clear to people listening at home. So mm -hmm. those are going to be the only two ways to actually process the transaction. There's not going to be like any credit mm -hmm. card or other otherwise form of. It's going to have to be with cryptocurrency. Yeah, you'll have to have okay. either uh, Ethereum or Bitcoin. Okay, um, which means it's not hard to get. I want to make things. sure that's clear to people listening because you know people might. Yep. That's all. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and that's just a really secure transaction. Bitcoin's real secure. Ethereum's real secure. There are other cryptocurrencies that are also secure. It's just those are those how hold the most value um, and are the most secure uh, to purchase with. So it's not difficult to get that. Um, but we will have a drop page it said coming out here very very soon. Um, that will make that very public. We'll be talking about it, um, and uh, so that'll be very well known. So that's coming soon. So if there's more questions, that'll answer it. And as we get closer, we'll be we'll be talking a little bit more. I know Tony's got some plans uh, to go on some shows and talk about this. I'll be on here talking about it and any other shows that I'm on, I'm sure they'll ask. And Matthew and I are actually throwing together a concept. I don't know if you want me to say much about it, but uh, we're, we're right talking ahead. about doing, yeah, we're talking, we're not talking, we're going to, um, we're going to be doing some uh, LFD sponsored uh, live kind of play by play of some of the auctions so I, I think what we'll probably end up doing is two or three shows uh we'll we'll do one and go live uh when the auction starts for the first nft and then i i believe probably what we'll do is the uh so as the auction ends it's 48 hours of auction time uh, so as the auction ends it's not just you know you get your bid in the last second and then you won there is some time where there's back and well there may be some back and forth um, so uh, my thoughts are we'll most likely do uh, the beginning of the first auction, the end of the first auction, and then the very end of the final auction. And there'll be seven of those. So you're looking at probably three shows. And we'll kind of be doing play-by-play -play, um, as the auction starts. We'll bring some guests on, and then we'll do play-by-play -play as that first one ends. And then we'll do the same thing uh, only with just the end of the – oh, my dog is on the prowl. Uh, but we'll uh, – we'll do the same thing with the final episode. So it'll be kind of like watching a basketball game or a football game. I will be doing a little play by play following along and uh, live streaming the auction. I think it'll be really fun to smoke and see what happens. Um, and uh, hopefully we can smoke some golden bulls that night too. Uh, while we, uh, while we still can before they become violently even more elusive. Wait, so um, does that mean you're going to get me some though? So that way I can partake or you mean like you're going to smoke and I'm going to smoke my, my airbender shizzle again. I think what I'll probably do is so it'll be you, Nicole, myself on the show. So I'll get three cigars and I'll smoke all three. Okay, that's fair. That's what I. That's about what I expected. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll 
we'll, uh, I'll make sure we get some. We'll all be smoking them. Uh, you know, that'll be a fun time to have it. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, it, it's going to be really interesting to watch. And I've got this. There's lots of interesting things in it. And uh, it's, a, it's a really unique uh, concept as a whole, uh, simply because there's there is some value. There is actually physical value to it. Um, and there's actually physical financial value to it, too. I mean, you get these cigars, they're going to have, you know, if you get 70 of these a month, the right to buy 70, there's a value placed on that based off of what people would be willing to pay for. Yeah, it's true. So, you know, so it's not just value on uh, on digital art, which you do get that digital art as well with the S1 and NFT is. But you get that digital art and then the right to be part of something you get the, the the gift of the gold bullion humidor before. So there is some value for it. And, you know, some people, it's not for them. It's a little pricey. It may not be things. Here's the thing. There's a lot of great cigars out there. Uh, if, if you don't want that limited, crazy, exclusive thing, I'll tell you, there's, there's great cigars. Um, you know, it's, it's to everyone's taste. I think this is very, very good. Uh, do I think it's the best cigar ever made? I don't know. Uh, I've smoked the Oro Blanco before. I, I don't. Do I know if that's the best cigar ever made? I don't know. I was very, very good. And the same thing with this is very, very good. Um, and there's a lot of very, very good cigars out there. So if it's not for your taste, it's not uh, personal. You don't have to, you know, I've seen some people, uh, let's make cigars for the common man. At the same day we announced the NFT, we also announced the Rolling School, which was sub $4 cigars. So um, we, we do make cigars for everybody. And um, it's, you know, the quality consistency there. So well, anyway, you know, while we're on the topic go, of the Florida Minicana and cigars to come, uh, before we get to the topics at hand tonight, uh, since you have been gone, your boss was on the show, and we talked a lot of shit. Yeah. Show, and said, you know, hey, the, you know, do you really have to, you know, deal with this? You know, John's not here. This is a safe space. You know, we can talk openly. Uh, no, all, all kidding aside. Um, no, but so Lito Gomez was on the show while you were gone, and with Lito actually. Uh, and you heard it here first, Smoking Tobacco Exclusive. La Florida Dominicana will be debuting a new cigar at the 2022 PCA trade show known as the Soleil, which uh, translates to the sun uh, or sunshine. This cigar is going to be theme-wise the opposite of Tony Gomez's Lanox. This is a blend that's done by Lito's other son, Lito Gomez Jr., uh, and that's all we really know about the cigar at this time. And uh, John Carney has, as well as Lito Gomez, have both been very tight-lipped on this release. They're saving their punch for the trade show floor, which, don't worry, we'll bring you all of that information as soon as we get there. John and I, um, you know, we've been talking about how La Florida Dominicana will re-enter the trade show floor this week. And uh, I think you can expect it to be very majestic. Um, more majestic than just showing up with a golden bowl. Um I'm thinking more WWE style. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I can't say too much. I can't say too much. John knows the plan, but I don't want to give it away. I want to save some surprises for Las Vegas. So you'll have to just tune in and find out. Um, but it's going to be majestic. They are, they have a new cigar coming out. Uh, they're making their return to the trade show. It's going to be really awesome. <coughs> It'll be nice to have LFD back at the trade show this year. Uh, a lot of fun. John and I have already been talking about what we're going to eat while we're in town together. Um so it's, it's it's we're getting very very excited. Uh, the other thing. So, I got a question. What did Lido tell you the name of the cigar was? The Soli. Soli or Soli, whatever, however you say it. How did you spell it? How how did I spell it? On, yeah. on, like on my website when I wrote the. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Let me look. Let me go to my website. 
do you not spell it the way that like it's traditionally spelled or something like that? Because I, I mean, I'm I'm bringing it up because because I, I? I there's some different there's some different spellings out there. I, I don't know. Did you spell it S O L E I S? I spelled it S O L E I L. Okay, so Lee, so that's actually not the name of the cigar. Oh, really? I thought yeah. I thought I got the spelling right. No, it is it is solely, but it's S O L I S and it means sun, the sun. So S O L I S, no E, no L on the end. Yes. No E, no I at the end. And by the way, I don't know if you can see this. I don't know if you can see this, but right here is the picture of the cover of the box. I've seen that photo. Well, I've shown you. <laughs> yeah, I showed you that. I all. Saying, I I've you seen this. what the box looks like. <laughs> I... The cool. The cool thing is. The cool thing is with that, like that, that. So that is the cover of the box, man. That's over a year ago. Well over a year ago that I had that picture from maybe two years. Um, so like it's literal proof that it's not BS that this project's been in the works for several several years. Um, but yeah, it's S O L I S. I have no other details on it. I have smoked it, uh, but it literally translates to sun, S-U-N, the sun. So yeah. it's essentially the exact opposite of of Lennox, but coming from, uh, you know, the mind and the works of his, his other son, uh, Lido. Yeah, that's good. It's going to be very exciting. Um, yeah. So now, can I ask you this question? I know you guys yeah. are being very tight-lipped, but let me, let me see what you'll tell me. So when you're talking about being like opposite of Lenox, right? Lenox is a very, it's a very dark wrapper. It's a very strong cigar, uh, full-bodied cigar, great cigar. Now this being the opposite, is that also going to be the blend? Are we looking at maybe a very mild-looking cigar? I mean, it's still LFD, Home and Ligero, but are we looking at <coughs> it's it's blend-wise? It's not going to be mild. It's not going to be mild, but uh, you're going to be looking at a natural wrapper. Uh, so okay. when they're side by side, they're going to be contrasting type thing so it'll be it'll still be a full-bodied cigar uh, we're not doing any we, we do have plans with our mild line mm-hmm. um sometime this year i believe uh but uh yeah the more of the opposite will be opposite in color contrast flavors are very different they're not they're not close at all uh but it's certainly not going to be mild medium to full-bodied but uh, so it's appearance not be- wise it's not going to be like a variation of Lenox that's like different. It's you it's know. a very it's a completely different cigar. Like they're they're mm-hmm. packaging wise and whatnot, they're related and the name they're related. But other than that, the cigar blends are very different. It's not like it's a yeah okay yeah very interesting yeah. Well, you've heard yeah it here. very different blends. You've heard it here first. There is a new cigar coming uh, from La Flor Dominicana once again. We've announced it here. We've talked about it, um, and you'll see that cigar in what day is it? just over 30 days just over 30 yeah, and days we, yeah and we traditionally um you know we were tradi- traditionally released details on pca releases generally the week of pca or the week before mm-hmm. uh, so you can expect to see probably some information on this at the earliest the end of june um if we stick to kind of the routine that we have on it <clears throat> and by routine there's no like specific schedule. It's kind of when the stuff's ready. Um, so it's just traditionally been around that time frame where everybody's in the mindset to get the information out. Um, so earliest you, you can expect to see it mid to late June, and then at the latest the week of the PCA show. But we will have that product there on display, and uh, and with the other concepts and other things we have going on. I'm not sure if LG will be back at the show. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping it is. We have about four or five projects that have been on hold for the last three and a half years. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff that could happen, and it, it all depends on how comfortable Lido is with our production schedule and our ability to produce cigars at the factory. Because as we release something new, we don't want it to have a big impact on the products that are already in super high demand and really backed up. Um, as retailers watching would know that you know there is a significantly higher uh, demand than there is for supply right now. Uh, so we don't want to impact our production schedule on those items as we're digging out of the hole just by putting these out. But there are some, there are some projects that are, that are on there. So there, there could be, there could be some serious announcements coming in July from us, uh, but there's already, already some that Lito talked about on the show, but there, there could be more, um, or there could be some that push towards the end of the year. So we'll see, we'll see over the next 30 days where that, where that goes. And it should, it should be a really exciting uh, trade show for us. So. Yeah, absolutely. We're really excited for it. Um, so I wanted to get into our, our topic. We didn't have a guest tonight, so I, I wanted to come up with some kind of concept that we could um, use on the show tonight because we don't. It's very, very. Um, it's very rare that we don't have a guest. Um, but I've been trying to, as I move forward uh, with my scheduling on the show, I'm, I'm trying to have some more non-guest nights too, so we can start to work on some different concepts. But um, just even as a breather, just for us, it's, you know, when there's a guest here, there's a, there's a whole format and everything that we do with them. But when they're not here, it's a little more relaxed because we can just, you know, focus on each other and we don't have to think so much about everything else that we have planned and we got to get to. So, um, and, you know, these people are also very busy, so they, 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 they give us the time. We try to make the most of it, right? So, um, but tonight I, I came up with the idea of, you know, maybe talking about some things that people don't know about cigars. I mean, a lot of people watch these shows and a lot of people follow stuff online and, um, you know, and then people just smoke every day. But there's a lot of other things. There's a lot of little, little tidbits of information. I mean, nothing groundbreaking that, you know, is going to blow your mind, really. But little tidbits of information maybe people don't realize or maybe people have never heard of. Uh, and John, being an industry expert, uh, you know, working with a manufacturer, um, you know, also can attest to this, too, from a manufacturer's standpoint on certain things. So um, I'm going to get right. I have a couple different – I have a list of a couple different – categories of things i'm just kind of kind of go through them lightly and we'll, we'll we'll go back and forth and john feel free to chime in at any point on anything you want yeah. to explain or whatever um one thing that i know you can speak to as a manufacturer so a highly skilled dominican torcedor which is a cigar ruler uh, can produce up to 200 cigars per day now john how accurate is this information Was the number so it cut out a little bit? You said it was the two hundred up to two hundred. Up to two hundred. On average, I mean that's easily doable. At, at, yeah. On average, at La Flor Dominicana, what is the average roller roll uh, in a day? So these these rollers are working in most of these factories of our capacity. You know, we're medium sized company. Uh, these the large companies for they're they're working in pairs. Uh, so one is doing the binder and filler. And then the other's doing the, you know, putting the wrapper on yeah. <laughs> and finishing off the cigar. Um, so, you know, they could do, they could do 250 to, you know, 400 cigars a day, depending on what the size, the shape, the blend is. Now, the goal with it, and this is something people may not know, uh, it, you know, a lot of factories, especially companies similar to our size, you know, Steve Sock is one that's similar. I know we got him coming on the show. Um, you know, Pete Johnson is similar in size. Uh, 
you know, there's no rush to get things out because you're only going to make this number of cigars that you have planned to make essentially for that year. Uh, so you, you kind of scale it back a little bit because these rollers get paid based off of how many cigars they roll. And, you know, when it gets discussed a lot, we, we tend to pay a little bit higher than average in the Dominican Republic because we also don't want our rollers to overroll. because if you're getting paid by cigar, you're going to try to get as many as done as you can. And, and I'm not saying that would it affects the quality all the time, but you certainly want to monitor it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say I'd say probably a pair of two could get done probably 400 cigars a day. And uh, and that's really right around the number that's kind of where you were at, you know, 200 cigars a day. Where'd you get that information? Uh, I so a lot of the, the things that I have are, are tidbits of information that I have done. I did a little bit of a research this week from, from various different <coughs> sites and other blogs and other media people that have published information, um, and I kind of compiled a, a list together. Um, so that's where that came from. Nice. Yeah, um, I'd say that's I'd say that's pretty spot on. One person by themselves, yeah, probably on two hundred cigars is realistic, and that would be a high, you know, that would be a their high percentage of what they're making would be smokable without very many issues. Now, <clears throat> another interesting one on here, uh, which is maybe this one's not as lesser known, but uh, if you've been smoking cigars long enough, you may have, may have heard this. Uh, but to give you some perspective, you know, we, we always talk about, you know, there's the cigar industry and there's there's the other tobacco industries that, you know, we try not to associate ourselves with. But for the concept or the um, for the sake of, comparison right when you're talking about cigars to c cigars to cigarettes um the tobacco and one average large cigar which i'm going to use that terminology as a robusto or a toro uh and not maybe like a lancero corona like i'm let's maybe robusto toro ish size when i hear the term larger cigar uh one cigar is equivalent to a full pack of cigarettes now as we know it's not the same. It's different tobacco. So it's not like, oh, you're smoking a whole pack of cigarettes at once. It's in theory, in terms of the volume of tobacco, yes, but it's really not the same. Um, so don't 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 send your mind to like, wow, I'm smoking a pack every time I have a cigar. No, it's it's not the same concept. You also don't inhale a cigar, too. So you get that going. for you. Um, But yeah, to me, to give you some perspective, especially when you look at the, the, the cost of one pack of cigarettes versus one cigar sometimes, I mean, it you think of it that way some depending on what cigar you're smoking they could be a little similar because uh, there is there's a lot of tobacco there um another interesting one and this is something that we i, I want to flash back to last year's pca because um this is uh, this is definitely a lesser known fact i actually first learned this from david garofalo he actually taught me this and then i had the opportunity to go to uh jc newman uh down in t uh, tampa florida and visit the El Relo factory, and I got to actually see this in uh, not in action, but I met the people who do this. Um, but in uh, factory workers in, in Cuba and, in, and even in some of the other countries like the Dominican and John, I don't know if you guys do this at La Flor Dominicana, but while the rollers are in the rolling room working, in some factories there is um, an audiobook playing, or traditionally back in the day before technology, there was something known as a lector. Who would actually read to the rollers as they worked now this is something that I, even i didn't know about until about a year ago and last year when um jc came to the pca trade show they brought um their historian slash lector from the factory in tampa to the trade show and if you remember the coverage they had the the model of the 
the the factory as their booth, and you could kind of like go inside. Mm-hmm. Well, he actually was there, and he was actually, um, in addition to all their salespeople and their in their whoever that they were meeting with on the show floor, they had him there to kind of give them information and, and some history on the factory and and cigars and tobacco and stuff as well, uh, which is very interesting. I, do you guys do that at LFD, or maybe like once in a while, or we we. We certainly don't have anybody reading as a lector. That would be that would be awesome. <laughs> have somebody in there like reading stories. Um, no, we play we play music, man. It's just music blaring all the time. It's like a party. Yeah, I mean, I assume most factories it's probably music, but um, that's pretty cool though. I, yeah. I remember that from from the tour at the factory down at JC Newman too. In and I remember hearing, seeing it, and I smiled the same way I just smiled there because it's like just the image of walk. Like I'm thinking, like if I walked into our factory and there was somebody standing there at like a, a pedestal, podium. <laughs> a po- yeah, podium reading a book, I'd be like, "What in the heck is going on?" Yeah, yeah, and I think more often than not, like this happens in Cuba more. It's a different kind of country. Uh, they they're not allowed to have music and be happy because it's such a. Well, and they also don't have place. they also don't have cell phones and access to social no. media. No, so having someone read to them is about as good as it's going to get for them. Um, yeah, I hope you I hope you enjoy your Cuban cigars when you realize the person that made them has to struggle to find toilet paper when they go home at night. Yeah, it's true. So when you pay three hundred dollars for the Cohiba yeah. fifty five anniversary, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I hope I hope when you're standing on your pedestal because you know Cubans and you smoke Cubans and you're a purist and this and that, I hope you realize that the person that made that that doesn't get any of it and struggles to find food at night. And I hope that you're I hope you're strong enough and your ego's strong enough to help you sleep at night with that. I'm sure it is. Yeah, it's it's true. You know, and actually, I see uh, Berta Bravo's in the in the comments with us tonight. Uh, shout out to her. She's actually going to be on the show later this year. Berta. Um, she was actually in, um, you know, since we were on this topic, uh, she was actually in the, the documentary Handrolled, and she actually had said that, you know, I'll never smoke a Cuban cigar as long as communism exists. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, what John's talking about here. These people, you know, in these countries, you know, you, you're buying these Cuban cigars, you're paying all this money for them, and they're made by people who don't have toilet paper and they don't have enough food. When they go home at night, they get paid like what, like 50 bucks a week? If that maybe I mean, oh dude that's not even that no way no yeah way. it's it's sad it's yeah, very sad no so when you mm. see these expensive cubans and, and from time to time i have been known to enjoy some cuban cigars from time to time um but it's really not a very common cigar for me to smoke um it, I, there's plenty of other cigars that are you know way better quality um that are worth enjoying but yeah it's, it's i honestly it's i honestly don't buy them anymore yeah. yeah, I don't buy them anymore, man. I just don't. I uh, I was like, I finally, I, I want to try them and things like that. But then the more I think about it, I'm like, over the years, I'm like, I go, all I've done is support something that's oppressing this person. And then the more people that I've met in the industry, like I had a, I had a great conversation. By the way, we got to get him on the show, Rafael Nobel. Oh, yeah. I, I had a great conversation with him, man. And for some reason, over the last six months, my Facebook feed has just been like mostly him. I... I he and I smoke. Uh, he and I like cigars. He and I both like to drink wine and champagne, and we both like to, to eat and post those things online. And I I never intentionally like sought out any of these things, but Facebook for some reason just recently in the last six months, it's like I see every single thing he posts. They throw it on the algorithm. Um, so we had a long conversation 
at the at the great uh, the big smoke, and I was asking him. I was, I, you know, I never really knew his story that much. And I said he goes to Spain quite often for other things. We can ask him about um, when he, you know, when we hopefully have him on the show sometime. But I was like, are, are you a Spaniard? He's like, no, no. He's like, I'm from Cuba. And he goes, my family came over here in the 80s. He was on a boat. And it was, I didn't realize it until he told me the whole story. And I didn't realize it until the next day that it was like the 40th anniversary of his family coming over. It was like that night. So he was like telling me that story. And I'm like, man, that's incredible. Um, you know, so sitting there talking to someone like that, who came from that, who's been very successful over here and, and showed what, you know, what a free country can provide to you. You know, I have the freedom to buy the things I want, and there's a lot of things that I probably buy that come from things that are oppressed. Um, you know, I can't, I, you know, I, I, some things, you know, I can't control everything, and then there's some things that I just want to have. I mean, you know, when I understand that, but right. you know, if there's something I have control over in an industry that I'm involved in, that's something I can have, you know, a small little impact in on a personal level and say, hey, I'm not participating in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry, I'm just going to keep rolling through this list. So another thing that actually there's just two that are more on the medical side uh, ish related. So the first one is not a lot of people realize uh, you've probably heard people say like, oh, cigars are you know, good for relaxing and yada, 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 which is true. Very true. Um, but I, during my research, I found that it's actually a lot of psychiatrists and therapists um, have actually told their clients and multiple. This is a, kind of a, I guess, a well-known practice within their community of actually to not really prescribing but suggesting to their clients and their patients um, that they should take up the occasional cigar because it will help reduce their stress anxiety and other issues that they may face because it has been proven to be a relaxing activity to help wind you down um the other thing i was going to say is i found and i couldn't find any more information on this because uh, this was one of the last ones i found and i kind of ran out of time but one of the things i found said that supposedly this is, I'm not saying this is a fact, but supposedly cigars can help to reduce the risk of Parkinson's disease. Now, I don't know. I haven't done enough research on that, but according to the, the survey I did of things that I was looking for, that came up twice. Um, so I'm not sure about the science behind that, but interesting. Thoughts, John Carney? So I was, uh, I'm was i in the comments section right now because we've got some conversations on the, uh, on the, on the comments sample. So, uh, David Nevad Siwang. He's got like 87 names. He's a, he's cool got a guy. first name and he's a cool last guy. name, and he's got two middle names. Yeah. <laughs> he is a cool guy. Follow him online. Good dude. And I, he said something hey, that shirt could have been made for someone first. Yeah, I, I think it probably was. It's probably made in Vietnam, um, which is so it's not as bad as it used to be. But, um, but yeah, but I like Captain America shirts, and I don't really have a lot of other options for captain america shirts unless marvel was going to sue me i could take the logo and mass produce them for myself with shirts made in the united states uh, but i like these but i try not to do those things and it's a, a, a an industry that i'm in that i have active knowledge about uh you know that's something i can control and, and be a part of so is what it is but yeah i mean there's always going to be some things you know like i like animals and my neighbor and i like to eat them my neighbor likes them not to die um, you know, we don't really get into it, but he comes over to my house with a vegan shirt on and, you know, that has a tattoo that says that, you know, non-vegan should, uh, should die or something. I don't know, but, uh, you know, it's just something I can control, but yeah, there's so many things and just put things into perspective. It's in, as we get more knowledge as cigar smokers, there's a lot of things we can do. So what was the, what was the last tip? So 
Um, in addition to uh, psychiatrists and therapists, you know, recommending Ooh. cigars, there's also I found cigars supposedly help reduce the risk of Parkinson's disease. Interesting. And I'm not. I haven't done enough thorough research on that specific point, but I'm very, I'm very curious what science came up with that. I'm not. See, I can't say that it's wrong because I don't know, but it's very skeptical, very interested. I don't know. I mean, I, it, it, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, I will tell you, you know, like, like the, the, still the leading cause of death in the United States is cardiac-related things. Right. Um, stress can lead into a lot of those things. Now that there's a lot of mental health issues. So I, I think if uh, an occasional cigar, you know, once a day, once every couple of days, a few times a week, whatever, um, you know, sitting down and having that and taking a moment and relaxing and getting your mind off things. Uh, it, it can't be all that bad. Uh, you know, and it's just, this is common sense, right? Like if, if you're going to do something that's going to help you relax for a short period of time, it, it's not going to have a significant, it's not going to have an immediate impact on your health uh, by any means. I mean, you'd have to smoke cigars for way longer than the average lifetime, probably to have it have an, a physical effect on you on a short term basis. You probably have to smoke a hundred cigars at a time you'd have an immediate medical issue um but there's a lot of things that if you if you did you drink too much water you can drown yourself but the you know i think anything like that right it's just common sense like if you can sit down and relax and this rests you a little bit you're you're thinking like what we're doing right now we're we're forgetting about the things we talked about during the day the things that stressed us out uh i'm pairing a a one dollar miller light with (laughs) with an unattainable cigar uh so <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's just common sense, right? And I, I think that the, the Parkinson's thing is really interesting. There's a lot of like, uh, like Asian medicine, like India and stuff, where there's a lot of smoke and tobacco and things were part of that. So I don't know. I don't know. I, who knows? So another thing, actually, we kind of lead into the next step with this, right? Another thing that came up was that uh, some have claimed, and. It was probably by some. It was probably Matt Booth. Uh, when you hear it, you'll you'll know why. Um, but according to some, uh, cigar smoking can be very sexually stimulating in the bedroom. Even Freud believes cigars had a sexual undertone. So I mean, if maybe you're having some issues in the bedroom, maybe you got to burn a couple before you get in there, and I don't know. I mean, I everybody has their it, thing. It, I don't know. <laughs> the, there is, I, I think there's this thing like when you're growing up, um, you have like oral fixations as a baby and different things you learn about different holes and spots or whatever. Oh, and okay. So I, yeah, I guess. But I, I mean, there is something, you know, physically uh, alluring about, you know, having a puffer cigar, relaxing. They use it in movies a lot. You see a lot of movies where, you know, cigarettes and the cigarette holders are very sexualized and the puffing side of it. Uh, you know, I, Matt Booth's a good a good friend of mine, and I really respect him. But I, I don't think you know the way he sexualized his straight show booth last year was a little uncomfortable. And I don't that's I wouldn't do that. But uh, you know, to each their own. He has the right to do it. So he was going to have him. a sex swing, but they forgot the base. Yeah, yeah. It was the thing was the thing was ridiculous and <laughs> stupid. But uh, but again, I support his right to do that and support his his uh, you know the way his brains work in there. But, uh, but yeah, there's definitely a sexual nature. I mean, what was it in all the movies or whatever? It was, you know, oh, man, I just had a busy night. I need a, you know, I just had a busy night in the bedroom. I need a cigarette. Uh, you know, and you see that in movies. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's, I never really, I never really thought about it that much. 
Um, you know, I, I think the biggest joke I get, you know, from time to time I hear is when anybody pulls out a big ring gauge, long cigar, oh, you're going to put that in your mouth. Uh, you know, people joke around about that, but I'm like, no, I'm putting a cigar in my mouth. Yeah. But, uh, you know. yeah, any, yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, so another interesting one that I found. Cigars probably did not originate in Cuba, this theory suggests. Oh, I, I, I would 100% agree on that. Uh, but some suggest it may have originated in Guatemala. <coughs> interesting. Uh, people have been smoking cigars for over 1,000 years. A Mayan pot that archaeologists date back to the 10th century shows a Mayan man smoking a cigar. Very interesting. I mean, it, it would, uh, you know, you look at like the beginning of time, I mean, there were people puffing and smoking on things, you know, like you look at like Egyptian hieroglyphics and things. Um, it's really interesting. So I was just looking up here so like Cuba Cuba was like and a lot of Cuba, people always just, assume that it was it was Cuba uh, or you hear this a lot that it was, it was way back in the, the Taino Indians in, in Cuba and all that but um, other studies suggest that it was way before <coughs> that and it wasn't even in Cuba yeah I mean it was in and, and Central Cuba was a, slash South America I, I was looking up some stuff here because it, it, it was Cuba was, uh, it was colonized by Spain originally yeah. Um, so I mean, I don't. It was there. There must have been tobacco over in Europe at the time, and then the Middle East, Africa. I mean, you look at Cameroon. Like this Cameroon tobacco is coming out of there. Right. Uh, so there had to have been tobacco plants there before. It wasn't like oh, it, these plants were indigenous. I'm sure people were when fire was invented, they were burning and puffing and smoking and well, another doing whatever they could. Found, with it, right. Another thing I had found was that Chris, when Christopher Columbus, you know, sailed the ocean blue, as they say, when he was you know he was exploring the world. Um, the native peoples he encountered in the Americas were smoking twisted rolls of tobacco leaves bundled in dried palm or corn husks. And that was, you know, 1492, you know, 1400s. Yeah. I mean, interesting. I mean, tobacco is the, the, the plant itself, the leaves, they've been around for, you know, probably the beginning of time. Forever, you know, yes. as, yeah. you know, most things that were the gift of the earth, you know, they've been here longer than us. Uh, so it, it's not hard to imagine that, you know, at the very earliest of time, someone found tobacco and, you know, either tried to eat it and then and somehow in some way it developed into, oh, we can smoke this. And, you know, as, you know, many things in this world are, you, you don't know the exact beginning of how they came to use it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not out of the question. Um, it's, again, and, and it's been in history books and, and stuff. You know, tobacco has been around for a very long time. And it's been a, a king crop in the world for a very long time, too. I mean, these, these early travelers and explorers, I mean, tobacco was a very common good that they would bring back to Europe with them and, and trade with. Um, you know, yeah, it's a cash crop. Yeah, it was cash crop, you know. So it's it's been around for, for a very long time, which also goes back to, you know, why, you know, we, we fight for cigars and our cigar tobacco so much because it's been around since the dawn of time so why should we take it away now um i'm sorry i lost my list here i'm trying to get back on page uh another interesting thing we're going to circle this back to the manufacturer side and this is one you've probably heard before um if you watch these shows regularly and you, you hear from some of these manufacturers um you know like carlos fuente and, and nick perdomo that come on the show um 
when it, when you actually get your cigar from the cigar store and you bring it home, you put it in your humidor and you light it up and you smoke it, before you even get there, that cigar and the tobacco that's in it has probably been touched by over 200 different people. Um, now, John, as a manufacturer, you know, you, the La Folia Dominicana, you, you guys grow tobacco, you make, you make cigars, you age it, you do the whole process. Um, you know, I, when you go down to the factory and you go down to La Folia Dominicana, um, you know, you're, you can, and you can attest to this, you're going to see all sorts of different people in all sorts of different processes of the making process just handling the tobacco, the cigars the, from the aging room, the rolling room, the, f the fermentation barns where the tobacco is aged down the crop, to the seedlings, the whole thing. Uh, even the people who plant the seeds, you know, there's a lot of people yeah. that touch the cigar. Um, which I, is, I would say one of the most underrated processes that people don't really realize it's fun to watch the rolling. Uh, it's fun to go to the farm and see the farming. Obviously, a lot of hands touching the farming process. Uh, but when the aging and fermentation process is very, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, and to, to coordinate what we're talking about, it's very hands-on. Mm. I mean, it's constantly working the tobacco, moving it uh, from, you know, they're in big piles, essentially, and they're aging and fermenting the ferment, uh, in that fermentation area. So you're rotating around to control the temperatures, um, and that, that's all done by hand. And, um, you know, and, you know, this, I, 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 very few people have this concern, uh, but the whole process is done by hand. But I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you're, you know, germs aren't living on this. It's not, it's, it's not unclean. You're burning it. You're putting fire to it. Uh, so anything that was on there, you know, germ wise, it would be by somebody's hands is literally non-existent. Uh, but that process of the aging and fermentation is a very hands-on part of the process. And it's an underrated part of the process in terms of the, the physical handling of it, because that, that's a lot of work. So you figure if you're aging and fermenting something for two years, the amount of physical attention that's being paid to that, that tobacco leaf is, is huge. Right. Now, there's another discussion I wanted to get into with you. Specifically, you know, anyone who knows La Fuerte Dominicana, you, your, your motto at La Fuerte Dominicana is Home of the Lijero. Um, not a lot of people, I don't think, know what that means. Um, Lijero is one of the leaves on the tobacco plant. It's, it's the topmost part of the plant. Um, it also has some of the most strength. You know, La Florida Dominicana having the reputation of having some very strong cigars. They use a lot of Lijero. Now, a couple different things about Lijero that is interesting to know that you might not know is it. the first thing is it burns a lot slower. Now, during the process when the when the when the leaves are growing, you know you have your visos and your secos that are lower on the plant. They get less sun and all that. Those are those are harvested perfect. There you go. If you're watching at home, you can see that the 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 diagram that John's showing of the leaves on the tobacco plant. Um, the lower leaves, you know, they're harvested first. Um, the lijero leaves are harvested later. They get more sun. They're on the plant longer. Um, they absorb more nutrients. They're more of a tougher leaf uh, because of that reason. It's almost like when you, uh, you get because of their extended exposure, you know, so they, they're more oily, a little tougher, but they have a lot more strength to them for this reason as well. Now, because of this, when the when Lijero is used in the bunch, when the cigars are rolled, it has to be rolled a very specific way. It has to be very rolled very carefully because it does burn much slower. Oftentimes, <coughs> Lijero, it has to be rolled the centermost part of the cigar with all the other tobaccos rolled around it to keep the flame burning around it to keep it lit because it will burn slow. Now, if a lijero is not rolled correctly in a cigar, 
that is when you can sometimes you'll you'll notice when your cigar burns uneven. Uh, maybe the Lijero wasn't just wasn't positioned right in the bunch in the roll, um, and the other tobaccos around it have burned away, and it wasn't enough there to, to keep that flame sure. burning through it. And it'll it'll burn slower. It might even go out uh, because it, there's not enough of a balance there. Um, John, I, I'll let you jump in on that if you if you want to. Yeah, the if you if you're putting Lijero in the in the blend uh, and bunching it in there, you're really you're putting it and positioning it in a in a fashion that the other tobaccos that are surrounding it are going to help ignite that and keep it ignited uh, to hopefully to hopefully have it burn evenly. Uh, because if again, if you don't position it right and you don't have tobaccos around it, so a lot of people ask, "Oh, you should make a cigar that's just all Lijero. Uh It'll burn super inconsistent. You may like the flavor of it, but I'll tell you from the people that I run into and on the consumer side, uh, you know, we like cigars to burn as evenly as possible, even though it doesn't necessarily have to have a major impact. If you were blind and smoking it, you wouldn't know exactly how it was burning. Uh, you would just be judging it off of the performance, the draw, and flavor, really. Um, so those other tobaccos are in there and positioned in a way if you use a lot of Lijero like we do to help keep that part of the cigar burning. So if you look at a lot of our products uh, that are Lijero heavy, like the Lijero and double Lijero, it almost is like a little crown in the middle, like a little, like it looks kind of like a little gumdrop shape uh, in the middle because the middle's burning hot. The outside's burning a little bit quicker than the inside. And you can see it here. There's just a little, a little tip out here. And that's where the Lijero's position in this outside's here to help ignite that and keep it going. Right. Now, the Lijero is usually harvested last on the plant. Is that correct? Yeah. The reason why is the plant delivers nutrients from the soil. So it brings it in through its roots, brings it from the bottom up, right? So you, the last place the nutrients go is to the top. Um, and that's also the first line of defense from the light, the sunlight, which is what Lijero means. It means light and sunlight. Um, so it pushes a lot of that up to the top. And that's also where the flowers at, which is the reproduction system, where it has the flower and the seeds. And it wants to make the top of the plant as healthy as possible. So if you pick, if you crown and take, crowning is when you take off the, the flower, essentially the top of the plant. Mm -hmm. If you take that off, then it focuses the nutrients stop at those top leaves. So as you're priming, which is picking and harvesting the tobacco off the plant, you want to go from the bottom uh, from the bottom up, so that plant keeps delivering the nutrients to the top for as long as possible, um, and that's where the is the most centered and the focused and largest quantity of those nutrients that are being delivered towards the top of the plant. So you harvest that last um, simply because it's it's essentially the reverse way of how the tobacco goes. You know, it ends at the top. Uh, in terms of actually it's the same ascending process nutrients end at the top and the priming ends at the top so you work your way up the same way the plant uh, takes care of itself and grows yeah I mean th there's a lot of that process when it comes to the actual you take the factory and the rolling and aging and take all that out of it there is so much more science behind the actual plants and the growing process than, than I think gets talked about and that the average person knows. I mean, we, a lot of times you've watched our shows or other people's shows, you hear a lot about the, the rolling and the blending and the aging and all that, but you don't hear a lot of intense talk about the growing process, which is easily <coughs> or even arguably way more important because, you know, that's that's the, the beginning of it, really. You know, if you yeah. if that doesn't go right, the rest of it's going to be shit. So... Well, you know, and there's a lot of people that talk about it. And we, we I, I think one thing that Lido does a really good job about is 
when he talks about these things, speaking in layman's terms, uh, you know, it's like, as we just talked about that, I, I, you know, we explained it in a way that that's pretty normal. When you watch a lot of these things, uh, you know, a lot of these shows or a lot of these interviews, there's a lot of jargon that gets thrown around, uh, thrown around, um, you know, and you can, what does half of it mean? You know, they throw around some Spanish words or then they talk, well, this is what they get, you know, real deep into it. It is science, but just because it's science doesn't mean that it can't be understandable. So we try to keep it when we talk about it as basic as possible. Yeah. Uh, you know, try to keep the words as basic as possible so people can understand what's going on um, instead of just being, you know, speaking in big words. So I look impressive. Now, I want to pause for a moment. And I also don't I also don't know a lot of big words. I'm, I'm stupid. So, oh, of course, we all know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. I want to pause for a moment. Uh, it is time for our news segment, which is brought to you once again by our friends at McAuliffe Cigars. If you head over to McAuliffeCigars.com today, you can sign up to become an official ambassador. Get your ambassador number and ambassador coin. While you're at it, head over to Facebook and join the McAuliffe Ambassadors Facebook group where you can hang out, socialize, and smoke with all of your fellow McAuliffe Ambassadors today. Um, this week, so as you know, it's June. Uh, we are a month away from PCA, so there's going to be a lot of PCA stuff coming out. Um, but, but aside from the trade show, which, again, is only a piece of what PCA really is. It's not what PCA is. It's a piece. Um, on the legislative side of PCA, PCA has launched a microsite for comments on FDA's proposed flavor ban. Now, <coughs> if you heard about the flavor ban that we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, um, you know, this is where the organizations like PCA and CRA and CAA, and they all are supposed to come out of the woodwork. Well, not really come out of the woodwork. They've kind of been in the whole time, but this is where they really, they come to, to fight and push back against these things. Uh, so the Premium Cigar Association has launched a webpage that is designed to make it easy for people to send comments to the United States Food and Drug Administration in, op in opposition of the agency's proposed ban on flavored cigars. In April, the FDA announced plans to ban all flavored cigars and menthol cigarettes. Because of the rules regarding regulations by executive agencies, FDA must allow for individuals, organizations, and businesses to comment on the proposed rules during a formalized comment period, which runs from May 4th to June 5th, 2022. Afterwards, the agency will respond to the comments, through it, though it is not required to respond to each and every comment. The PCA has launched fightflavorbans.com once again, that's fightflavorbands.com to help make it easier for people to submit comments. The site has a simple contact form that has a pre-populated message written from the perspective of the cigar retailer that will be submitted to the FDA. Um, so th that's definitely one that you should definitely check out. Um, and, and again, when we talk about these things in the FDA and uh, the things that the, the organizations, these, these cigar trade organizations, uh, that they do in, in the courtroom, you know, outside of, you know, being, as I said before, a trade show. Um, you know, these are the things that they bring attention to, they bring awareness to, that everyone should really go and check out. Um, you know, you, I heard, you know, right, I'll say it again, flight, uh, fightflavorbands.com. Head over there. Uh, definitely let your voice be heard. This is what it's all about. Uh, there's a lot of companies out there that are, are, are facing, you know, loss of inventory over this. Uh, and it's only the beginning because, you know, you lose the flavored cigars and then, you know, people out there made comments, well, yeah, they're not going to come after all cigars. They will. They will. This is just step one. This is step one in their master plan. Um, yeah. Whether you like it or not, I mean, flavored cigars are the biggest part of the pre of, of, of what the premium cigar industry has been over the last, you know, 25, 30 years, really. Uh, it, it, I don't. I don't consider our products the same as those, and the FDA has come out and said they're different as well, uh, which is a good thing. But you know, more regulations not 
not always the cure. And it's, as I said, it's, it's kind of like once this is the once this, once the people that were against the flavors got their, got their wishes or get their wishes, guess what's up next? Something else. Yep. It's true. You know, you give them an inch and they're going to come for more, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So again, that's why we, we always bring this up. There's, as much awareness as we can on these issues because, you know, we all like to smoke cigars. That's why we're all here. That's why you guys are listening and watching with us. Uh, we all love cigars. That's why uh, we, we, we voice our, our, th- our thoughts and opinions on this, and we, we try to bring as much awareness to these issues as we can. So uh, check that out. It's definitely an important issue. Uh, let me go back to um, – so we were, we're talking about things in, in the uh, with cigars that you may or may not know. I think we covered a lot of good topics here tonight. Uh, some of them lighter, easier that you might have known. Some of them, I think, are, are definitely ones that are not talked about or very well known. There's a few on there that I I, I didn't even realize uh, until this week when I was going through my list. A couple of them, a couple of them. Um, but yeah, no, it's always fun to kind of just break away and do something a little different. Talk about uh, tidbits of information that uh, you know to help educate people. And that's a, that's the great thing about you know, these shows, you know. The podcasts and, and all the media that, especially during COVID, it got you know so much bigger. Is just the uh, the access to information for the average consumer that they can uh, they can they can take away from this too. You know what I mean? So, um, being more educated when you go to your cigar shop. Now, that also doesn't mean that when you go to your cigar shop because you listen to our show, that you also should go into your cigar shop and be like, I know everything. So just let me do my thing, because <laughs> those people in those shops they. Most of them, they've been around a long time, and they, they still have a lot of information they can share. So um, please, please trust them. <laughs> I've, I've been in some, some shops where some people come in, and they're like, yeah, I've been smoking for six months. I know everything. And I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll oh, tell you, man. man, even the people that are – even people that are the masters at this stuff are learning things. So Yeah, it's uh, true. It, it, you know, it's there's so much to learn. You know, you're telling me Nick Perdomo doesn't learn something every day? Lido doesn't learn something every day. Oh, constant. Yeah, they all are. They'll tell you they are. Mm. You're really enjoying my Airbender chisel. Although it's getting, yeah, man, little, they're gr- it's getting a little tight in the second third here. It's a gr- they're great smoke. Well, it should start to get a little tight there at the end because you're starting to get into the chisel. We're starting to get to the end of it there, and the uh, you're working through a little bit different situation. So it should start to tighten up a little bit as you get towards the end. Hmm. Yeah, actually, Sorry, I just had to clean off my camera. That's okay. Actually, here's a, here's another one that I'm, I'm just coming up with on the spot. So if you know La Flor Dominicana and you know about the chisel, did you know that the chisel shape made by La Flor Dominicana is the only Vitola that is actually patented? Yeah, there's there's several, I believe there's several patent pending uh, but this is the only one that's successfully been patented, which is which is really fascinating. And that is why you'll never see the chisel, at least for now, made by anybody else because they literally cannot sell it and make it. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a question yeah, a, for that's, you. That's a, you. That's a really – there's nothing else like that, right, in the cigar business. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 it's cool, and uh, it's, it's, it's fun to have a story that's only ours. So let me ask you this question because I'm sure someone will ask this anyway. So, because of that, right? As La Flor Dominicana, how many t- or how often do you find a factory, more most likely a smaller factory, um, who tries to roll and make chisels, and you have to be like, "Hey, you can't sell those." Well, you can't. 
Well, you're, we're not really finding it in the factory because we're not we're not inspecting other people's factories. Mm-hmm. But so when we'll generally find something like that on on a retail level. So we'll we'll find something on a retail level. We communicate with them, and then there's this legal approaches. I don't like lawsuits and things, which you know we you know litigation. But if you have a patent on something, you got to respect the same thing. If we if we were to make a cigar and called it Opus, you know Opus Lido. Uh, you know that Opus L that wouldn't be something that that would be you know a positive thing, and we we would have to respect that. And there has been companies that have called cigars something X, uh, and you know, and I I respect people that have something, and if you copy it and it's something big like that, that there you know there should be a way to protect what you've done and protect your brand. Um, so it's it's not a you know it's not a litigious situation, but it's a hey we're making this. There's a patent for it. You you know we where that patent protects our ability to make that. Um, and if you can prove that you were making it before, which nobody can, because that's why the patent's really been created, was well, you know, then you could show that it, uh, that it wasn't. If not, then there's going to be, you know, you'd, you'd be financial, there's financial issues and repercussions from it. So I, I really respect that stuff. And Lido's always been respectful of other people's brands and other concepts. Um, and, you know, we've changed things on packing Airbender, for example, the two swords on there, as you see, they're they're uh, essentially parallel of each other. Yeah. Those used to cross, and it, it Gurkha had a similar product, and Lido overnight changed it. And he was like, "I had no idea. I'm sorry. I really respect that." Boom, we changed the you know changed the packaging, changed the bands, um, and changed the way the swords are, so it wasn't you know wasn't infringing on what somebody else had created. Yeah, and I've heard some stories of um, some people who who used who use an X on their band or they had the shape of an X. It wasn't the letter or it was more of a, uh, something that was crossed. And, and uh, the Fuentes were like, well, you have something that it's crossed and it's red. It looks a lot like Opus X and yeah. we had to change it. And, and I, and I understand yeah. it. Some people are like, you've oh, that's kind of a that. dick move. It's like, yeah, yeah but they have a bear, they have a brand that they're trying to protect. That's what it comes re- down to. Yeah, you got to respect it. you got to respect it. And, and I do see that whenever there's a, uh, you know, uh, a litigation or lawsuit thing that pops up on, on a news site or whatever. I'm always, you know, I am like, oh, this is ridiculous. Well, you know, there's a right and wrong side of it. Maybe one person's being ridiculous, but if somebody was making it first and then you're making it again, in my opinion, as a gentleman, you know, you, you know, you should, you know, you know hey, what? you know, I, I didn't intentionally do this and that shouldn't be, you know, that should be a respect level. You know, then, you know, if you intentionally did it, then that's, you know, then you're trying to be, uh, you know, you were intentionally trying to be having some malice at it. Uh, you know, then then you can fight it out in court if you really have an issue. And, you know, I feel bad that things get to that level because it really should be a gentleman's thing. And if you're creative enough, you really ought not be uh, copying somebody's thing. And But sometimes creative people aren't aware of somebody else that may have done something creative. Um, so they come out and you got to do the right thing, you know, if I came up with a great idea and I think it's a great idea, I make it, and then I see that somebody else had it, then you know I've got to I've got to make the right decision to to you know what I got to come up with something different. I got to adjust this. I got to work with this. I got to work with this person. That's the right thing to do, and you know hopefully that comes back uh, on the other way too. Now I heard a rumor one time, which I don't know how much truth there is to this because it, this said issue has never changed. But speaking of Fuente, on the other side. I heard a rumor that Prince's estate didn't like the fact that they have a cigar that they released through Prometheus known as Purple Rain. Now, I thought that was interesting, and I'm like, okay, I mean, I guess I could understand the name 
But I had actually asked Liana this question when I saw her. I said, hey, I heard this rumor. Can you do you know if this is true? And she herself said, I haven't heard anything about that. Um, but it got me thinking. I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Because um, lo there's a lot of confusion over whether or not that cigar was named because of Prince and Purple Rain and all that, or if it was something else. But it is an interesting yeah, idea. I think the best person to probably ask about that would be in the cigar in the cigar business wise in relation to cigars would probably be Pete Johnson because he comes out with the Halloween series with you know the Freddy the Jason which is directly inspired by that um, and he obviously has no legal issues with it and you know there's legal situations you know there's there's parody laws uh, you know that's how like Saturday Night Live completely copies like a a news set or copies something you know you, you can there's parody laws where you can make fun of things. Um, there's also, um, you know, you can cover, you know, you can cover a song like I could come out with Purple Rain and cover that song and and do my own version of it. And, you you know, you pay a certain certain portion of every time it plays. I don't know exactly what the percentage is, but it's not very high, um, you know, for that. Now, if you want to buy the rights to it and whatnot, that's a different thing. But perform, you know, there's there's certain things that are protected and you can do. I'm assuming in that regard whether it was or wasn't named after the song, there really wasn't a whole lot they could do. Cause if they want to say, we're going to call this purple rain after Prince, uh, they can say, this is an honor of Prince. We did this. They didn't use his logo on it. Uh, they're not putting his face on it. They're not saying it's the official cigar of Prince or the song purple rain. So there's a lot of protections in that. When you go from industry to industry. Now, if somebody's going to come up with a song called purple rain, there was probably some differences to it. And things they would have to do, but you know, you wouldn't see if per Perdomo, if there's a Perdomo car dealership, I don't think Nick Perdomo would have a leg to stand on. Um, unless they started selling cigars that were Perdomo car dealership cigars, then he could go after them after uh, that type of thing. So, yeah, uh, who knows what the rumor is on that? But even if there was a rumor or someone talking about it or the hearsay, uh, it's really not relevant to the situation on a legal matter. Now, I'm not a lawyer. That's just common sense. You you mentioned Pete Johnson, and he's talked about this on many shows, including this one, when he's been on multiple times. Is that one legal thing that he has faced? Um, yeah. Is that he has been he has been attacked by Monster Energy for using the word <coughs> monster, and he's yeah. had to fight back on that and say no. Um, it's it's you know because of there's trade there's there's trademark and then there's there, is it trade dress. It's the other term. There's all sorts of different things. The, the issue, from my understanding, that Monster had was that there was a packaging they had, and I think it was the Wolfman that had uh, scrapes on it, like fingernail scrapes from yeah, okay, well, yeah, whatever, yeah. Like fangs or whatever. The claws. So I think they were the claw, yeah, the claw marks. So I think that was the issue they had, which I don't, I don't know how far they could go with it, but I, I don't, I'm not sure what the situation. I think, I th from my understanding, I think Pete like was like, all right, yeah, I'll be done with it. You can. You know, I'll, I'll I'll sell my rights to use the name Monster with cigars if you want. I think he counteroffered whatever their complaint was with that, and uh, I think they declined that because it's he's still using the name Monster series. Yeah, I think uh, yeah he's but uh, yeah. But Pete does own the trademarking or the dress mark, whatever the, the correct term is. He does yeah, yeah. own the word Monster for cigars. And he also does own the word Halloween series, that, that stuff for cigars. So I know they came out with a green monster cigar or monster 
cigar with uh with the, the bat the, the stadium series with united cigar it was a cool idea uh and i thought it was great and yeah it would have been cool to have a cigar called green monster but the way that it works uh you know whether you like it or not uh you know you can't use that term when making a cigar so you know i i think it'd been cool to have that but it just again that's how it works so if you don't like it fine uh you know it's just it's a tough thing yeah i mean this is just you know it's it's part of doing business, you know, like you said, whether you agree with it or not. I mean, people have brands to protect and that's how they make their money and they have to protect that. So, uh, totally understandable, but, oh, I am looking at the time here and we are, we are, we got a basketball game. I know basketball game. So I don't know if we do the sports segment anymore, but I'll make the sports segment quick. We don't, but go ahead. Game, game one of the finals starts up in 19 minutes. I'll be watching Celtics at Warriors. I'm taking the Celtics in six games. I hear a lot of people taking Warriors, and I was like, really? Interesting. I don't know. There was a cool thing I read today. This is the 75th year of the NBA. So it's the 75th year of the NBA Finals. The Warriors and Celtics were two of the original teams in the NBA back when it started. And then a really unique part of this is the, the main stars – uh, you know, it's in a big three on each one of those teams. We're all drafted by those teams. So you've got Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, drafted by the Warriors, multiple championships. Um, and you've got Tatum, Brown, and Smart that were all drafted by the Celtics going for their first championship in the finals. Uh, but homegrown, we've watched all these years, the last 10, 15 years, LeBron saying, you know, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach, jumping around super team mega teams these two teams built over the last eight nine years through trades draft picks and whatnot they built the two best teams in the nba right now uh homegrown so it's really a really a fun series i'm gonna enjoy watching it i love watching the warriors obviously i'm a celtics fan uh, but it's gonna be a fun series man it's gonna be great basketball and uh if, if you're not a fan of the nba because you think it's selfish or this and that this series is for you these teams play team basketball. They play defense the full court most of the time. They're all over the place. This is a great representation of the 75th year of NBA and professional basketball. Uh, so we're in for a treat tonight. So and there we in go. The fir- in the first year of the Eastern Conference Finals Most Valuable Player Award, uh, it was won by Jason Tatum, a member of the Celtics. The other reason why that is significant is because that trophy has been <coughs> named after Larry Legend, Larry Bird, who – as mm-hmm. you know, was a Celtics legend. So it's fitting. The first year that was awarded was awarded to a Celtics player. I've been saying it all along. If that happened, it would be awesome, and it did. And I just think that that's a sweet moment too. Uh, regardless of anything else, uh, that that's pretty sweet. So uh, I'm definitely going to be checking that game out. Really excited. We are we are Boston people, so of course we'll be rooting for the Celtics. I know not everybody will agree. That's fine, but that's where the that's the stance on smoking tobacco is that uh, we, we picked the Celtics to win. Um, <clears throat> but we're gonna wrap this show up because we got a game to catch. So thank you for watching with us. Thank you for listening. Next week we have Dave from Cigar Life Guy. He's gonna be talking a little bit about uh, something different in the cigar industry that you may not have heard. If you're a cigar smoker uh, or if you're in the cigar industry um, and you're looking to get life insurance, how can you get life insurance when you're a uh, when you're a smoker, a lot of times uh, um, uh, insurance companies, life insurance companies will, 
will hold that against you. But he's going to get all into that and how you can you get around certain loopholes and everything he does with with <laughs> with that. And he's going to talk about that. So stay tuned next week nice. for that. And uh, yeah, my wife's in the life insurance business. Yeah. This is going to be awkward. I, but but also, I'm looking forward to him have, being on the show. I'm going to be on the show again next week, and I'm going to be live in the Massachusetts studio with you. Oh, yeah, that's right. You will be. You will be. Mm-hmm. Um, We've got a team. we got a family dinner Wednesday night. We do. Uh, up in we New do. Hampshire. We're going to have some cigars. We're going to enjoy ourselves to a little bit. And then, we're, then I'll be live in person for that show next week, so two weeks in a row. Uh, that'll be exciting, man. I'm looking forward to being back up. Um, it's been been like seven months practically so uh it'll be great to be back up and it'll be that sounds like it's gonna be a fun show life insurance loopholes yeah yeah it'll definitely be uh it's something different you know i met dave at tpe and you know he we've you know we've been following each other on 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 social media and uh, he brought the concept to me and i was like you know what i know there's a lot of people who might find that dry and i get it but at the same time there's also a lot of people who might be curious into what he actually has to say and i said you know what dave why don't you come on talk about you know what you do um he has a whole thing that he does and um you know maybe you'll learn something that maybe you didn't know maybe 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 it'll actually help you um i don't know so i'm always willing to give someone a a chance to do something different on the show so we're going to do something different we're going to talk about cigars and smoking and how that can affect life insurance um so definitely check that out uh there's no spare notes this week spare notes returns next weekend with myself and william cooper as we start to get into the pregame for the pca trade show and uh, that's it. That's all we got. So go Celtics. And uh, we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.